Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. Recently, in our culture, we are experiencing some tough times. There's mass school shootings of elementary school children. There's road rage, assaults, there's robberies, there's theft, and there are all kinds of things going on. I believe that we are experiencing the result of fatherlessness and the breakdown of the family structure over the last generation. Today and for the next few days, I'm going to be sharing messages about fathers and the influences that the fathers can have in the life of their children that changes our culture. If you are a man, I want you to listen to this message today. And if you're a woman, I want you to call the man in your life and tell him to listen to this message as we walk in the light of God's word. Our Father. Sometimes when we say this prayer, we run by that so fast, we don't appreciate the implications of what he is saying. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, as I'm thinking about that, the thought occurs to me again when we're talking about back in the day. We had to have devotion in school when I was in elementary school. We had to do the Lord's Prayer every day. And you notice in that prayer it says, and deliver us from the evil one. Don't they need that in the schools today? With people coming in with automatic weapons shooting up the kids. Lord, deliver us from the evil one. But we told him, don't come in there with that. Thought I'd just throw that in. So, but why did Jesus begin this prayer with the words, our father? And when we refer to someone as father, it implies a relationship. Our father. So, who then is Jesus referring to when he say our? The our are only those who have come into God's family through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus told the religious man, Nicodemus, in the book of John, that in order to see the kingdom of God, he must be born into it. And if we are believers, if we're saved, if we're in the kingdom of God, we had to be born of the Spirit. And when we were born of the Spirit, we were born of the Spirit of God. And we have entered into the family of God. And whether you know it or not, you are sons of God. Now that sons is a neutral general, general, so that women and men, it's neutral. We are sons of God. And you need to appreciate who you belong to. I'm a son. I'm a child of God. I know some people say we're all God's children. We'll talk about that in a minute. But how do we become children of God? We're sons of God. Go to family reunions sometimes and, and some of the older folks maybe don't know some of the younger people and in and, and order to try to figure out who they are, they start asking, well, who's your, who's your daddy? So whose child are you? Who's their parents? So there, there is a connection, and we say we're the sons of God. And I want to look at what 
Paul said about that in the book of Ephesians. I'm going to read three scriptures because I really want you to know about this father-child relationship. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Paul writes this to the church at Ephesus and he said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now look at verse 4 and 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his will and with his pleasure and will. So he, he adopted us. He brought us in alongside of Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible said we are heirs with Christ and we are, we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. That means that we get everything that he gets. We have an inheritance. We have a place because we have now a relationship with God. In John chapter 1 verse 12 we are told, Yet to all who received him, that's Jesus Christ, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a human will, but born of God. That is the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. The believer has been born again. That's why you've been made new. The Bible said if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature because you've been born again and you have a new family. And I, I can't help it if you don't know who you are and whose child you are and you walking around like you are orphan. But I've been born again and God is my father. Amen. And I can walk with my head up. I know who my father is. And when God is your father, I'll get to it in a minute. You need to understand what you have as a result of it. Paul said in Romans chapter 8 verse 13, For if you live according to the sinful nature, that's before you were saved and have that sinful nature still living on the inside of you. If you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit, that's capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him, we can go in an intimate relationship. We don't have to just say, well, Father, you can say Abba, Daddy. That's what Abba means. You got a close relationship with him. You can climb up in his lap and you can say, Daddy, Abba, Father. And he said, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That's why the Bible says if anyone want to come against his children, they'd rather have a millstone tied around their neck than cast into the bottom of the sea. See, some of y'all need to know who you are. When the enemy comes to start messing with you, you better remind him who you belong to. Say, oh, you talking to me? Amen. You must don't know who you're talking to. You're talking to a child of God. Y'all don't get it. You don't get it. I'm, I've been born of the Spirit. I belong to God. That's why Jesus said when you start praying, say, our Father. He's your Father, ain't he? Oh, he, oh, he is? He is? Yes, he's your Father. Say, our Father. You're going to your Father when you're going to prayer. 
So when you fall down on your knees and when you come before him, he said you can come boldly before the throne of grace because we have a relationship. I am your father. What do you need? Now, we've heard people say, now, we're all, God, now we're all God's children. The Bible makes it clear that God is not everybody's father. He's the creator of everybody. But he's not everybody's father. Jesus mentioned that to the Pharisees in John chapter 8, verse 42. Jesus said to them, if God was your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now am here. I've not come on my own, but he sent me. Then verse 44 says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. So Jesus said, wait, you know what? God has some children. The devil has some children. Everybody is not God's children. Everybody can't come boldly before the throne of grace and start making access to all the things that God has prepared for them because they don't belong to him. You know, every once in a while, you ever had one of these calls and you pick it up and it says it's a collect call from Harris County Jail? You ever had one of those? I get them every once in a while. And you listen to them, who is that? Now, if it's your child, you're going to take the call. Or would you? Maybe. <laughs> if it's your child, you're going to take the call. If it's somebody you don't know, you're going to say, I ain't taking that call. Who is that? I don't know them. So when you go to God, he's going to take the call if you're his child. If he don't know you, he's going to say, why am I taking this call? Especially if it's Colette. That's the difference. Some of us have had experiences with our earthly fathers that have left us feeling abandoned and forgotten or maybe abused and mistreated. I'm not going to ask how many of you, your father was not in the home for whatever reason. Maybe he passed away may have been incarcerated, or maybe some of you don't even know who your father is. That's prevalent in our communities. When you think of father, you just think, I'm not quite sure what a father is. You don't have the same experience I had. And you may think a father is someone who don't care about children. A father is someone who has no interest in what's going on. A father is someone who can be terribly abusive. And then when we try to think about God as our father, we have a hard time trying to connect that to our own experience. We have a tendency to view who God is through our earthly father relationship. But God, however, is the perfect example of what a good father is and what a good father should be. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 9, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees again and to those who were his disciples, and he said, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone, if you're a father? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, knows how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus said, you got a heavenly father who knows how to give good things to his children. One of the first things we're told about our father is that he will and he's able to provide 
good gifts to his children. And the best gift he gave us was his son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross. He gave that to us. For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave his only son that whoever would believe on him would not have to perish, but shall have everlasting life. And because of our relationship to God, we have access to the Father. We have access. Somebody say access. I mean, we can go to him. He's our father. We can go to him. Some of us were intimidated to go to their fathers. I was intimidated to go ask my father for anything. But my heavenly father said, come to me boldly. See, I didn't know whether my father was going to give it to me or whether I had to hear a lecture or whatever it was if I asked him for something. My earthly father, although he was a good man, but he wasn't going to give you nothing. He wasn't going to give you no money. By the time he gave you a dollar, you could have earned it. <laughs> and that's what he wanted you to do. I'm not giving you nothing. Go out and make some money. When I come to God, he's not that way. He says, come, make your request known. Open your mouth and I will fill it. Make your request known. You have not because you ask not. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you have enjoyed listening to these messages about fathers and the father's influence on the family. God put fathers in the family. In fact, Adam was the first father and God honored him and God gave the man instructions and the responsibility to lead the family. If the family is not going right or well, it is the man's responsibility to see to it that things function properly according to God's order. If you would like to hear today's message again, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You will be able to hear today's message as well as previous messages aired on this station. And I want to take the moment to invite every man to join me on Father's Day. If you're not connected in a church, I want you to come and join me. And I have a message for you about the freedom that you can have in Christ Jesus and how to take the responsibility of freedom as we are recognizing that we have come out of slavery and we have been given an opportunity to be successful, but the men need to take the lead in leading our family and our children to be productive citizens and to be successful. I have a special message for every father and every man. So come and join me. Wives, bring your husband. Daughters and son, bring your fathers. Bring the men in your life so that we can hear this message. And join us on Sunday, Father's Day, at the Light of the World. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. God bless you, and I'm looking to see you on that dynamic Sunday.